This is Small Business Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. Now, the host of Small Business Conversations, principal of Profits Plus Solutions, here is Tom Shea. And with that, we say good evening and welcome to all of you. Thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule to come and be with us tonight, whether you are listening by way of your phone or by listening on your computer. This is a monthly event we put together from Profits Plus. Uh, it's a program that we have created, oh my gosh, six, seven, eight years ago. And we find people who are experts that are relative to our business. And we find a very kind person who is willing to come and spend an hour with us to let all of us ask questions to learn more about things that we can take and do in our businesses. And so we sit for an hour, we talk, we share ideas, we invite you during the course of the evening. If you have questions, you can send them to us by way of Facebook, or you can send an email to either editor, which is the uh, email address that uh, sent you the invitation to be a part of the program, or you can send it to myself, which is Tom Shea at ProfitsPlus.org, and we will make a point to ask our guests. The program is being recorded, as it has been for every year, and as we record it, somewhere late in the night, our information stud, Bruce Giroux, will um, do the necessary massaging, put it in the right format, and it will be loaded to the ProfitsPlus.org website where you can download the mp3 file or you can simply press the click and play and listen to it at your convenience and we have about um, five maybe six years of programs that we have uh, saved our favorites so there may be uh, some folks some situations that we have uh, played before that you think this would be fascinating that you'd like to listen to it again and by all means help yourself and with it at any time most definitely invite your friends to come and join us it's a unique program. We have nothing to sell. There's no cost to come and be a part of it. We just enjoy an evening to uh, to talk among friends. So let's, um, let's see. We've got that taken care of. Let's take and uh, I, we have never heard of it referred to this way, but our guest tonight, as we were speaking and discussing the songs that we play, uh, made the comment, says, well, this is like my walk-up song if you're in a baseball game. And it was like, well, yeah, now that you mention it, that, that is a whole lot like it. This is like the uh, walk-up sound for a, a baseball game. The only difference uh, from the baseball games that I've attended is this one, you have a better chance you're going to know what the song is 
And number two, you're going to take and you're going to uh, be able to understand what the words are. Uh, but the key is with each month, the song that we play is either a favorite of the person who is our guest, or it has something that relates to them and why they are on the program tonight. And tonight is... So, all right, that one, is, uh, that's an oldie goldie. It's uh, Sunny and the Sun Glows. That's an old 50s song. Talk to me. And that's the whole essence of what we're going to be doing tonight. Let me tell you who our guest is and what this person is. Um, a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to um, go on a, a speaking tour for um, several years. And in it, the person who was our, our guide for the tour was telling us about this book that he was reading and how fascinating it was and how he began to study it. And in our tours, we would leave our homes on a Monday. We'd be somewhere to work on a Tuesday. Wednesday would be a travel day. We'd work again on Thursday and Friday was to go home. And I had this, this group of people, and particularly the one who had put together the tour. Uh, his name was Dr. Harry Perdue. And uh, Harry was one that he would take and uh, say, I'm finding all this stuff to be fascinating. So many neat things that this person has here in this book. And he says, I wanted to take and uh, practice it. And when we would go to restaurants to watch him do this, what we're going to talk about tonight, with all of the wait staff or perhaps a person at a table next to us would say, Eric, I want to turn around. I want you to tell me, what, what am I doing here? What's, what's going on with me? And it was like, wow, this was just absolutely fascinating. Well, the way that we got our guest for this month um, was at a conference last uh, November in Washington, D.C. And my host was uh, walking me into the room I was going to speak in and said, well, now there's someone who's uh, doing another session in the room next to you at the same time. And this person happens to be Mac Fulfer. And I go, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? The Mac Fulfer? Okay, see, I put the in there. And I said, this is, this is just great. I said, oh, I, I want to meet him. And it's like, I'm so disappointed that my session is being given at the same time he's giving his session because I'd like to go sit in and listen to it because I've read his book and he's just fascinating. So all that uh, fluff said and all compliments, truly and honestly given. Mac Fulfer, are you there tonight? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, thanks that you would come and be here. It uh, it really lights me up getting to get to have a an hour just to just to talk to you and visit with you and hear all these neat things that you know because it's just it is just fascinating. So, uh, let me start with the first question and. Um, you know, the, while I, you've told me on, in private that this is not your, uh, shall we say, first career, uh, tell me what you started out in life doing. I started as an attorney, and um, I got interested in face reading, which is what uh, I wrote the book on, as an aid to jury selection. But it took off, and I quit practicing law. So uh, now I'm a full-time face reader. Okay, so you wrote a book, and you say, you know, I'm a full-time face reader. Mm -hmm. What is a face reader? 
Well, first of all, we're all face readers. You know, when it's, you can tell the difference between a smile and a frown or if somebody's uh, angry or happy. But it's so much deeper than that. There's, uh, all of us are face readers to the extent that uh, we get relative age from people's faces. We get uh, their gender from their face. We get uh, you know, what their health is. There's lots of things that we're picking up on the face, but that only scratches the surface. Because we, we're, we started out not having language. Face reading is our very first language before we ever had a spoken language. And there's so much information on the face that you can, I can walk up to someone and before I finish shaking hands with them, I can know more about them than their best friend can know. Now, is that scary to some people? Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to read Axe Murderer. What I'm reading is who they, <laughs> how they see themselves. So when you can read the person the way they see themselves, they don't find that threatening. In, fi- in fact, um, it's real engaging. Uh, some pe- sometimes people tear up, but they don't tear up because I said anything bad about them. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know me. You know me better than my family knows me. It, um, I, I remember when we met, and uh, I, I do have to ask the question because I remember walking up, introducing myself, you introducing yourself, uh, shaking hands and commenting about having read your book, and then the next line that I remember coming from you was something effective like you have a, an amazing, you have a fascinating face. And then you went off on a whole string of stuff that I was just mesmerized in listening to you. Um, so is that how life goes for you, that you're able to just walk up and meet people and you can tell them all kinds of things about them? And Yeah, your, your face is actually a genetic expression. It's, uh, and our genes are, are multitaskers. They're connected with each other. So the same genes that create your eyebrows, for example, are also connected to how you make decisions. And we're, we're very, very similar on a mechanical level. Our, the human brain is, from one person to another, is very, very similar. So we all use the uh, same muscles and the same responses and same reactions for different kinds of feelings. But uh, it's, a, it's an effective language in, in that you're being able to read the person's affect. So let me ask this one. As you say that the genes that make up things like the eyebrows mm-hmm. are interconnected with the other parts of the body that are telling you things or telling anyone who knows how to do what you're going to talk about tonight, are these things that are etched in stone? I mean, that's it? That's the way they are? Or if we were to learn what you would tell someone or another person who could face read, if we were to learn that, are we uh, able to change it? Can we make changes in, our, uh, in, in these factors sure. about ourselves? Sure. So, so we're not robots. Your face is a genetic expression, but we're constantly evolving to, to meet our circumstances. So there's something called epigenetics. So if you decided that, like, you know, I'm really going to buckle down, I'm really going to learn this, and you really focused and put time and attention on it, then you, you may able, be able to do that, but your face is going to change to reflect that. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my ears stuck out like two taxicab doors hanging open. But uh, 
that didn't really work for me practicing law. I had to learn how to negotiate, how to make uh, connections, how to find middle ground. And when I changed, my ears changed. Now they're in at the top and out at the bottom. They're diplomat ears. But, and, and, you know, human faces, if you look at it, no other animal on the planet's face changes as much as humans. You know, your dog, when it gets old, gets a little gray on its muzzle, but its whole face doesn't change. And our whole face is changing constantly because it's recording our life history. It's recording our genetic response to our environment and, you know, kind of where we started out to begin with. But we, we're all face readers from birth. Hmm, okay. The problem so, is... Let me, let me ask, okay, go ahead. The, the problem is face reading, our face reading occurs in our right brain, which doesn't have a lot of language. It just has feelings. So you'll see somebody and go, oh, that guy gives me the creeps. Why? I don't know. He just gives me the creeps because you're not thinking about it. You're just feeling. Uh, what I've done is I've taken what we all respond to on that feeling level and identified it and then moved it over to where you can immediately access it from a left brain perspective. So this is helping us to tie both sides together. Uh, it is uh, the right side of our brain that will take and pick up on this. And then what you are teaching us is how the left side of the brain will then interpret this and learn from it and help us to make our decisions. Exactly. How it unpacks it. But this okay. is, you know, this is information that, uh, I mean, at, uh, at an earlier point in our evolution, uh, people were all doing this. Uh, I mean, it was how we, it's how we survived as a species and how we co were able to cooperate with each other and, and connect with each other. Okay. So... Um what you're telling me is like there's kind of all kinds of applications for this, and in your profession, your prior prof profession, you were able to use this to go through the potential jurors and decide yes and no, looking to find a competitive advantage in a courtroom. Yeah, I had a case not too long ago that uh, the lady had gotten run over by a bus, so it ran over her legs and essentially amputated her legs. Uh, it was a city bus, and they weren't going to pay much. They they offered $5 million, to, to that, and that was their top limit. They said, we won't go past that. So we had to try the case. And what I was looking for were people who had empathy and uh, who were generous, and also people who had experienced pain of their own in their own life. So, uh, you know, those kind of things show in their face immediately. Uh, generosity shows up in the size of their nostrils and in the width of their nose, um, which we all respond to on some level. And pain is the lines that occur from the corners of your mouth that run down on your chin. Those aren't wrinkles on your face. They're recordings of They're your not. life experience. Oh. Is there an erase button out there somewhere? The race button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they spend millions. The of, there's there's billion dollar industries built on trying to erase what they call uh, wrinkles or defects, and they're the some of the most valuable information you could want. When I think of having said that, um, is Botox going to change anything for me? So so here's the thing with Botox. Botox proves what I'm talking about. Botox 
uh, paralyzes the nerves between your brain and when it, where it uh, expresses itself on your face. So when you when you Botox yourself, you've paralyzed that expression, that those those, those uh, the firing of those nerves, and uh, uh, but it it also it also uh, detracts from your ability to communicate. I did a uh, program not too long ago in in Dallas. It was some little program like uh, Good Morning with Sally or something. I don't remember. But uh, I walked in. The first thing I said to her is, you've been Botoxed, haven't you? She ah, how did you know that? And I said, because your forehead is paralyzed. And we communicate with every single part of our face, so you're making your job much harder by trying to get rid of the lines. In fact, those lines hold special meaning. Um, the horizontal lines that run across your forehead are the product of how much mental energy and effort you put out in mastering something. I call them Einstein lines. So um, there's a lot of applications, but can I, um, in looking at this, can I lie? Can I lie with my face? Well, you should lie with your mouth, but you can spot a lie on a face. And I can tell you what that even looks like. Um, so first of all, uh, when the upper eyelid falls down and is cutting the pupil, uh, the, the dark spot in the center, when your upper eyelid is cutting the pupil, that person is not in this moment. They're in their head. They're in an alternative reality. Uh, so the first thing you see when somebody's upper eyelids are cutting their pupils, they're in an alternative reality. The second thing you can see, when the bottom lid, the one that's got the lashes on it, goes flat or straight, that's a defensive posture. They put up a shield or a wall where they're trying to keep anything out. They're trying to keep other people out. It's a defensive uh, reaction or wall. And the third thing, which is the, the final thing, is when we think that uh, a mouth turns down when we're sad, but that's not what the mouth is actually signaling. Uh, when you're talking to somebody and you suddenly see their mouth turned down, what they're saying is, I'm not trusting what you're telling me. But the same is true when the other person is talking. When somebody starts to talk to you, or just after they finish talking to you, their mouth turns down, it means the very same thing. They don't trust what they're hearing. But this time, what they're hearing is their own words. So if the person is in an alternative reality, they're trying to keep up a shield or a wall, and they don't trust what they're saying, I don't trust them either. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating stuff. So um, you wrote, and I read, uh, this book that you had written. The name of the book also happens to be the name of your website, which is Amazing Face Reading. And... um, before I ask you about it, let me just throw the compliments at it and to say that I found it very informative. I, I found that the, all of the illustrations that you had in there were very helpful. To me, I think it would be very challenging to take and try to read a book and at the same time tend to mentally visualize that face if I didn't have all the examples that you had uh, put in the book for people to look at and as soon as we do a, a station break here i would like to ask you to take and uh, uh tell us a bit about the book tell us what's what's in it 
And uh, well, then I've also got a few more questions that I want to make sure. So let me tell everyone as we um, come to the first station break of the evening that our guest tonight is Mac Fulfer. Okay, so don't think I'm stuttering with it. Let me explain. His last name is F-U-L-F-E-R. He goes by Mac, M-A-C. Mac's website is AmazingFaceReading.com. And uh, his office is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, you would definitely want to go and look at his website. Their phone number is 817-735-9355. And you can email Mac because we're going to talk about something that he's going to be nice and offer to everybody tonight. Um, his uh, email is Mac, M-A-C, Amazing Face Reading. Com. And a quick break. This is Small Business Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. So, uh, with all this knowledge, all this information that Mac has been using to help him as an attorney, Mac now takes and likes to share a lot and likes to have people learn it because uh, this could be an amazing tool for somebody. Uh, my first question, Mac, is tell me some of your, in your experience, some of the many situations where someone can use the face reading skills in uh, where they, from whether it be working with a kid to uh, someone who's retired to someone who's at work, whatever it may be. Tell us uh, some of the scenarios you've seen where people have taken what you teach and applied it for their lives. Mm. Well, Tom, I've, I've talked to over 3,000 different groups everything from psychotherapists to salespeople to uh, CEOs. To, I mean, every and it, probably every Fortune 500 company you could think of, too. But it's a breakthrough in communication. So when you're talking to somebody, being able to get behind that external shield or wall that we all keep up, the one that if somebody says, hi, how are you, you know you're supposed to say, fine, how are you, to be able to get behind that to see where they're coming from, from an affective level, what they're, what they're really, what's really going on on an internal level with them, and how they process, how they think, how they make decisions. So this is good for sales, it's good for hiring, it's good for team building, it's good for managing people, it's good for in your personal relationships. Uh, I had a lady sent me her picture the other day, and I read her picture, then she was so excited she sent me her husband's picture, and she sent back and said, I think you saved our marriage. Because, wow. uh, yeah, because she was thinking that, uh, you know, he didn't really love her. But that's, his face just showed that uh, he wasn't capable of really expressing those kind of things. Verbally. So does this make you a part-time psychiatrist, psychologist? <laughs> I think it's full-time. I never turn it off. Well, now that was going to be my question. Can you turn it off? Can you just go I away from it? To. Um, it's it's like if you uh, uh, asked a blind person, or if a blind person asked you, do, don't you get tired of just looking at all that stuff? No, I never want less information, and it's immediate. And when I'm walking down the street, I I tell you five things about each person we're passing as we pass them, and it's a. Uh, to understand how the person sees himself, how they how they process, how they what they value, what their what their 
um, preferences are, uh, and uh, tremendous help. We talked about eyebrows right at the beginning. So with just eyebrows, just looking at eyebrows, you can tell how to sell something to somebody. Uh, I told you that the, these eyebrows are connected with other genes that have to do with how we make decisions, how we process. So round eyebrows are people who are people-oriented. If you wanted to sell something to them, they like real-world examples. They want to see how it worked for somebody else. And they want to know how it's going to feel. Um, straight eyebrows, they just want the facts. So I don't care about your opinion. I don't want to hear your sales pitch. Just give me the facts. I'm smart enough. If you give me the facts, I'll figure it out. Angled eyebrow people, they mentally in control. So you're dealing with an angled eyebrow person. The best approach would be, uh, well, tell me how I can help you. And let them be in control. Okay, so that there's perhaps one of our best and first lessons right off the bat is just what you could read off of the eyebrows. Just now the you've eyebrows. given us three. Are there more than three, shall I say, messages in an eyebrow? Oh, yes. There's uh, lots of different ways you can read eyebrows. I was just giving you the shape, uh, the thickness of the eyebrow, the, the, the way the hairs stand up. So, for example, um, access hairs. Those little hairs that start right at the, on the inside of the eyebrow that shoot straight up, those are people that have a conscious access to their inner thoughts and feelings and are excellent judge of characters. They size people up very quickly. Um, but, you know, there's, you can't put your finger on your face without covering up something important. Everything means something. So now what happens then when someone cuts their eyebrows, trims their eyebrows, or waxes their eyebrows. What, what, what happens yeah. to that message? Or, or, or gets a facelift, you know, has cosmetic surgery. So what's happening, when you go to change your face, then there's, we have an internal connection to, to our face. So when you change your face, you don't like something about the way your face looks because it's not reflecting your internal feeling. It's not reflecting how you feel about yourself. So you think, oh, those eyebrows look crazy. I'm going to cut them off. You know, but I've got crazy eyebrows. I wouldn't cut them off, you know, because that's me. And I know what they mean. But, but, but if someone were to wax eyebrows or something, what kind of challenges does that put up? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about last night going to dinner and uh, talking with my wife about who was going to be the guest tonight and what they were doing. And the lady who was our waitress had lips that had been extremely Botoxed. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, and I wonder, I said, I'm thinking ahead to tomorrow night. So I'm wondering if Mac were having dinner with us tonight, what would he do? <laughs> what could he do with, with lips that appear to I be would, about twice their normal size? I wonder if they're warped in shape at the same time. Yeah, I would read them, and I, I, funny that you brought that up, I did a conference for the Plastic Surgeons Nurses Convention, and they all looked like they had duck lips, you know, they had the super-injected lips. So uh, we respond to different parts of the faces on an unconscious level. Uh, upper lip is feminine energy, and it's the right brain. Uh, it's about uh, who we are, kind of. Bottom lip is... Uh, Masculine energy, it's about what we do in the world. So 
When you see women that inject their upper lip, they're unconsciously trying to enhance their femininity. Just like, a, hmm. I guess, a breast augmentation, you know, but that's, that's the, the goal that they're going for. Now, whether they succeed in it or not, you know, I thought some of those, those nurses looked pretty funny, but um, you can tell what you can <laughs> What I'm doing is I'm looking at how they feel, not how I'm not putting my judgment on them. I'm reading their face, how they feel about themselves. Mm, okay, this is fascinating. So uh, we're down to about the bottom of the hour, and uh, when we come back, I've got several things. One, uh, you have created a a new tool that uh, goes along to helping us uh, and that's the one of the other questions I want to follow up to ask you is that my experience was in reading the book and being fascinated by all that was in there I also felt a sense of being overwhelmed with oh my gosh this is a a lot a lot of information here and what do I do to take and retain this and use it because while it's fascinating to read I, I think all of us after reading the book would look and say Oh, I'd like to do, be able to do that. And while I have, I watched you do the reading of myself. The friend who had read your book and had mastered it, it was awesome to watch him in all the various restaurants we're at, and the way that he was reading people and, and saying things. And uh, I'm thinking this also provides you with some kind of special extra talent abilities to uh, perhaps even diffuse situations and challenges because you can kind of tell where someone's going. So we will get to that in just a moment. We do uh, a quick station break, and we do our bottom of the hour uh, commercial. Well, you know, we don't sell anything on the program. So for our commercial, we always pick a some kind of music. And again, we have picked one for our guest tonight that we think relates to what it is that he's sharing. And our guest for tonight's small business conversations brought to you from the folks at Profits Plus Solutions is Mac Fulfer. And Mac wrote this book. I hate calling it amazing because the book is called Amazing Face Reading. But the book is amazing, and this guy is fascinating to listen to. And as you want to follow up, by all means, visit his website, AmazingFaceReading.com. You can call him at 817-735-9355. His email is Mac at AmazingFaceReading.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that special tool he created. And then Mac's got, um, well, something special he's going to offer for all of us. This is PBN, the Profitable Business Network. My love must be a kind of I'm 
so there's another oldie goldie. This was uh, the Flamingos, and we thought this song was uh, appropriate to our guest, Mac Fulfer. Uh, I only have eyes for you. So, I don't know, Mac, how do we do tonight in picking music that uh, relates to you between Talk to Me and I Only Have Eyes for You? Eyes are windows of the soul, so yeah, that's a good one. And to so, me, you know, something you were saying about the trouble you were having with the book, I've sold 85,000 copies of that book, and I've never tried to mass market it. I sell it, you know, when I go talk to different groups all over the country. But uh, many people had the same problem. It's like, wow, there's so much information in here. Every feature has a whole paragraph of information. How can I look at somebody and remember all that? It's too much to commit to memory. So when I started teaching certification classes to teach people to become certified face readers, they wanted flashcards. So I developed flashcards, which boil it down to the most succinct meaning for each feature and you can test yourself now there's 150 actionable features on your face but once you've got that memorized you can eliminate the word stranger from your vocabulary because you can walk up to somebody and you can just rattle through it a fifth grader could do it and so tell us um tell us what all's involved what's all in the uh in the flashcards? Well, like I said, there's 150 actionable features on your face. And what I mean by actionable, they're things that carry important information about the person, how they think, what their intimacy requirements are, how they solve problems, what, what their preferences are. There's 150 of those. Now, uh, 150 sounds like a lot. Uh, so what you have in the flashcard is a picture of the feature with an arrow pointing to the feature you're looking at and the name of the feature, and on the back it has the same thing, only it gives you the most succinct meaning. And like I said, when you, if you sit and went through those cards with somebody and you just looked at their face and found the feature and then turned on the back and read it to them, they would say, wow, you must be psychic. How do you know that stuff? Well, it was my experience with you was that it was like that. I mean, mind you, I had every expectation that was going to be having read the book. But it was like when the, the various traits, and of course, when I came home and told my wife, it was like, well, what did he say about you? And I go, oh my gosh, it was just so much that he knew and kept going on with all these different things. And I didn't have one that I would say, no, you missed it. I, and of course, I got lost in the conversation. You would say something, and I'm thinking, yeah, I think he's right about that. And I think by the time I got through the thought, you had rattled through another one or two. It was just... This guy is very talented. So I would think a lot of folks would um, look at this and perhaps call it hocus pocus. Do you, do you have doubters of uh, what it is that you teach? So, so every time I go talk to a group, I ask if there's a skeptic in the crowd. And I bring them up front because this works on everybody. Uh, there's a, We're all doing this, like I said, on an unconscious level, but bringing it up to conscious awareness and having it, making it accessible is what makes it valuable. And everybody, everybody likes to be seen and heard and validated. And when you can do that truthfully, when you can truthfully validate somebody that, that they know that you're seeing them as the way they are, you know, it makes a huge impact. It, it takes down that external shield or wall that we all keep up to protect ourselves. And it allows you to have like a life force connection with the person that you've only known for a few minutes. 
I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation. I've read somebody's face, and then the next thing that comes out of their mouth is, I've never told anybody this, but you already know me, so I can tell you. Wow. So as most of our audience has a place in life where they have customers or have employees who are dealing with customers, this type of information would just be off the charts valuable to help you understand how to connect with that customer, what's important to them, what's not important, and, and how it is that they want to receive information. Exactly. You can understand the person's pace and process. You know, we all, we all take in information at a different pace, and then we process that information in different ways. And if you know somebody for a while, you kind of know how to talk to them, how fast to talk to them, or if they get it or not. Or, but to be able to do that instantly is a real tool. So let's, let me ask for another example. You gave some really good ones on the eyebrows. Let's use an example of a person in a selling situation. Mm-hmm. And you're conversing with the customer. You think you're making the good connections. You have certain aspects of the uh, face reading that you have already begun to implement. And you say something. Is there a sign? And if so, would you explain it to us? where the customer is hearing you and the customer is now saying, I don't believe that. Whatever that was statement is, I'm not, I'm not buying that. Is there a, is there a, yep, a whistle, a bell, a visual somewhere that goes off that says, hey, the customer just did not accept what you had just said? So uh, most of the time in sales, the salesperson thinks that it's about the price. But a lot of times it's not about the price at all. And you can get those clues from the customer without them ever saying a word. So my recommendation, if you're trying to sell something to somebody, look them in the eyes because it establishes intimacy. It, it creates a, a present moment connection. It's giving your attention. And because we all have mirror neurons, it's the way you get their attention back. I would probably suggest looking in their left eye because uh, that's your personal side. You know, our, our right brain is connected to the left side of our face and vice versa, but to look in their left eye. And as you're talking to them, watch those bottom lids. So if you're talking to somebody and you're seeing round or curved bottom lids, it doesn't mean they're agreeing with you or buying what you're saying, but they're in a receptive mode. They're letting it in. Now, what you're looking for is the change in the lid. As, as you're talking to somebody... If you say something and you suddenly see that bottom lid go flat or straight, their protective external shield or wall just came back down. They're no longer engaged with you. They've turned you into a them, uh, us and them, and you're the them, and they're holding you out. It's like they're uh, saying no. And uh, it's, when you see that, you're able to bring it up and talk about it. You know, you're able to say, well, you look to me like... Uh, you had a problem with that. Well, I was, but how did you know? You know, you never have to tell them what you're doing. Uh, what well, we expecting at that point, we're going to put our hand in front of our face, like, don't look at me, let me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, all right, so now you mentioned that it's the right side whose expressions are showing up on the left side of the face. Does... In that case, as, that, as you say, that's with the ex- expressions and the feelings. Is there any connection with regarding the right-handed or left-handed person? Not really. 
That just has to do with dominance. It doesn't have to do with, uh, I mean, everybody's wired the same way. Uh, your right brain is wired to the left side of your face and body. It reflects your childhood. It ref- because as children, we didn't have a lot of uh, abstract thought or words or numbers. It, rejects, it reflects your childhood. It reflects your health. It reflects your relationships. And um, it's your personal side. What shows up on the right side of your face, which is connected to your left brain, is about your external world, how you take yourself out into the external world, what you're doing, you know, what your, what your attitudes are about uh, what's happening outside of yourself. Hmm, fascinating. So as everybody knows, we do this program almost every month. Uh, we pick a Thursday night. We do 8 p.m. Eastern. And we visit with someone that we have managed to find, someone who is an expert, who is being a kind person. Because Matt could be having dinner, sitting, resting, or doing something else, and instead he is contributing, donating his time to come in and sit with us for an hour and tell us this fascinating skill set that he has developed and is sharing with us ways and ideas of how we could take and learn these same that we could use them, whether we are dealing in a sales position, whether we are dealing with employees, whether we're dealing with potentiality of employing people, visiting with vendors, or it could even be the person that, um, well, lives in the same house as you do. And we'll be, we plan to be back again next month. Let's talk a quick moment about next month's program. Our guest for next month is going to help answer several questions that we're concerned about. We're seeing a, um, let's see, what do they say, a disruption in the force out there. And we're seeing it with Facebook, we're seeing it with Google, and in wanting to get answers about this, we're going to our leading authority, our favorite guy, the one who's been on the program before, and this guy knows how to solve it. And so, right now on the line with me, Gene Sower, are you there, sir? Hi, Tom, how are you? Gene, we're just fine. Can you answer these questions for us? Can you help us with what's going on, the disruption that's occurring out there that businesses need to know how they need to be making some changes right now? Absolutely. I think um, retailers, small businesses need to start looking at Facebook as not necessarily a social media outlet, but as an advertising outlet. Um, And there's a lot of confusion uh, around Facebook advertising and its capabilities, especially as it relates to Google AdWords, which is another similar type of uh, pay-per-click advertising platform. But we're going to you know, talk to you and your, and your listeners and uh, really dissect what the differences are between the two. Great. So you can help us get in a great position to where we know how to better spend our dollars and spend them in the right forms to get our message out there correctly in the digital world. I've had a lot of questions about it, and when they started coming, we said we wanted to have someone on. It was a real quick, let's go talk to Gene again. All right, well, I really look forward to uh, diving in on that topic with you guys. Well, well, in the interim, since this is going to be a while before you hear, it's not tomorrow, uh, please tell everybody how to find you so that they could at least go look at your website, that they could connect with you on Facebook. and Because we're going to talk about one of these really awesome articles that you wrote recently that I would tell people today, you ought to go read what Gene has to say about this. 
Well, thanks, Tom. You can get a lot of information on our website at samsonmedia.net. That's S-A-M-S-O-N media.net. Uh, and just really go to our blog. We have a lot of uh, topics that we write about, including Facebook and, and Google pay-per-click. So Gene will be with us next month in the interim. Go hit samsonmedia.net. Connect with him on Facebook. Watch his postings. You'll get a lot of information, and we'll be inviting you to join us and to send your questions that we can pose on your behalf to Gene. Gene, thank you, sir. Look forward to talking to you very soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. So, Mac, you have, uh, in our conversation, made a, um, a generous offer to uh, demonstrate to everybody who's listening to the program tonight how, uh, well, how this works for them personally. Would you, uh, would you share that with everybody, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Tom, I was an attorney, so there's nobody more skeptical of woo-woo than I was. So I didn't believe this either. You know, I, how can you tell anything about somebody from their face? So you really have to kind of experience it to really understand that it does work. Uh, what I offer, though, is if anyone will email me their picture to mac at amazingfacereading.com and your telephone number, because I type worse than anybody's grandmother. It would take me all day to, to give you a written report about your face or set up a time to call me. I'm happy to tell you what your face says, and there's no charge. That's a pretty cool offer. That's pretty pretty awesome. Our guest tonight is Mac Fulfer, F-U-L-F-E-R, who wrote the book Amazing Face Reading. And we are discussing the book that he wrote. We are also discussing uh, a product that he created that is a series of flashcards uh, dealing with the 150 telltale signs of a face and how we can study what Mac has discovered, and use this in all kinds of situations in our life, thinking whether we're hiring somebody, firing somebody, interviewing a potential candidate, talking to a vendor, selling to something to somebody, um, any type of customer, any type of family member or friend, having a discussion with them. Uh, I think that's just pretty dead gum awesome that you, you could learn how to do this. Mac, let me ask you another question. I remember reading and dealing with selling, always wanting to be a good student and learn how to be a better salesperson. I remember there was a lot about um, body, the body talking. I remember that it was uh, a statistic I was very surprised with so that said, when we talk to somebody, not just the selling situation, but any type of conversational uh, arrangement, that the words that we use actually convey the smallest amount of the message. Uh, a much bigger piece of how, what a person gets is the tone of our voice, how we direct that. I, I think we could all understand that simply from the time we've said, that person just sounds angry. Or you've heard a person saying, I could, I could sense that person as we were talking on the telephone. I could just sense they were smiling over the telephone lines to me without seeing them. <coughs> Excuse me. But the biggest message I remember was body language. Do you see some sort of a tie between face reading and body language? Absolutely. Um, the thing is that what I'm looking for with body language is not putting your hands in your pockets because there could be more than one reason why you do that. Uh, it's when you do something. 
So uh, your face is communicating your internal affect continually if you know how to read it. Uh, sales pitch we didn't talk about. So you're talking to somebody, and as you're talking to them, you suddenly notice that their mouth turns down. The next words out of your mouth should be, you look like you're having a problem with that. Because what they just communicated on an affective level was, I'm not trusting what you're telling me. I'm not trusting what I'm hearing. So bringing it out into the open, let's, let's talk about it. You know, uh, can uh, avoid all those problems and, and make that connection that will close the sale. What about, um, are there other indicators of a person that are suddenly like switches, that's like a, a drastic turn, turn in the person's uh, thoughts, actions, direction they're going? What other signs on the body would you tell us to be looking at for the, from a person? Like I said, you can't put your finger on your face without covering up something important. When I talk to uh, police officers, one of the uh, warnings that I give them is like when you see the white showing up in the person's eyes. If you see white showing up over the top of the person's eyes, uh, that's when you should uh, probably put your hand on your billy club because you know they're they're in a mental disconnect. If you couple with that, you suddenly see their nostrils flare. That's just what happens just before we uh, act, before uh, action takes place. So um, every, everything, about, everything that about us is being communicated on our face if you know how to read it. Is there a sign out there, if a person is talking to a customer and they come to the point where either a customer sees or is told uh, by way of just it being general information or because the customer is asking, now we're telling them the price, are there certain signs that come from the customer that when they hear the price that tell us you've got a problem? Is there something on the bot, on the face that's going to give away uh, a message yeah, we, to we, us? we discussed that one. You know, those flat bottom lids tell you that they put up a wall or a shield between you and them. They put up a protective layer. And we put up a protective layer when we're threatened by what we're hearing or we don't like what we're hearing. Okay, so it's a threatening one. It's the same as a disliking, and that's a disliking as to I'm in shock. Could it be I dislike it, oh, my gosh, it's too cheap, or is it only for it's, oh, no, that's too high? <laughs> you may see looks of, a, of a amazement on their face if they thought it was too cheap. <laughs> but um, there, it, I understand uh, your question. Uh, you know, there's uh, what actions – do, do people take that signal their uh, internal feelings? But that's everything on your face is doing that. So we, we're just hitting a few high points, you know, here tonight. Um, but body language, body language is overdetermined. So, for example, you know, crossing your uh, arms across your chest, you could be doing it for self-protection, but you could be doing it because you're cold. I do it because I grew this nice little shelf. It's a comfortable place to rest my arms, you know. So. Uh, and a few too many hamburgers, hot dogs, and uh, barbecue <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, are there occasions where, in looking at the message that the person is conveying from all of the face, 
can a person get conflicting messages? My eyes say something, but my chin is saying something different. No, the face is relatively consistent. You know, your your face is a, is a self-diagnostic. It keeps telling you the same thing over and over again. So it, uh, you know, it's the way that our brain is wired. So it's a, it's you don't get the. Uh, I, there's I can't think of anything off the top of my head where there would be. Uh, t- t- conflicting thoughts going on that aren't both showing up. I mean, you can ship okay, you can so ship from one to the other. Like, can you can scare the person and stress them out, and then. Uh, but the face can't lie. It doesn't lie. Yeah, your face doesn't lie. People lie. Words lie. You know, our actions lie. But your face pretty much is telling you what your affect is, what your true feeling is. Okay. Quick last station break of the night before we get to last couple of questions with Mac. Here we are on um, April 12, 2018 for Small Business Conversations. Your host, Tom Shea here, and a special guest tonight, Mac Fulper. Mac is joining us tonight from um, Texas, where he lives, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mac wrote called Amazing Face Reading, and we asked Mac to be here because I had read the book and thought, this is just really awesome material. And what we're talking about is how you can take and understand so much about the person that you are seeing, not even having a conversation, but just by looking at their face and the 150 points of interest that tell you something uh, about that person. You can find Mac at AmazingFaceReading.com. Mac's phone number is 817-735-9355, or you can send him an email, which would be Mac, M-A-C, at AmazingFaceReading.com. This is PBN. And so Mac also gave everyone a very kind offer tonight, saying that if you would, uh, let's see, Mac, let me ask this one, uh, just to make sure where we're going. You, you said send in your picture, and you will be glad to give them a call. You mentioned not being a good typist and read them. Uh, is it okay if they send in, say, uh, a spouse and say, here, tell, tell me how to communicate with this person? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So. So that would go to that example that you had gave us about uh, a person thinking, perhaps thinking that you were a marriage counselor more so because of them not understanding how their partner in life was not um, demonstrating feelings just because that person wasn't a feeling type of individual and I guess at that point needs to learn how to speak differently or begins to show certain uh, ways of what they do. So let's let's take uh, with our last couple minutes, Mac, um, not a political person, okay, let's not go down that alley, but let me ask you to uh, name somebody and uh, you visualize their face and then tell us as you would about the, that person. What? Who they are, who they are uh, from you know, your side of the viewpoint. Oh, that's a tough one uh, because you know trying to visualize a face, we don't have the same face uh, that we're looking at. But uh, I can give you some uh, excellent pointers. 
so ears. Ears are our antenna. It's how we take in information. If you're talking to somebody who has really big ears, what they're listening to is the words. They're carefully analyzing and evaluating it. You may think they fell asleep because they're just sitting there looking at you, you know, but they're actually processing and taking it in. On the other hand, if you're talking with somebody with small ears, they have poor antenna. So they're listening less to the words and more to your tone. With a person with big ears, if you said to them, oh, I really like your hat, they would say, oh, thank you very much. But a person with small ears listening to the tone would say, oh, I really like your hat, they know you're being sarcastic. So a small ear person needs to have a visual connection. They want to see it. They listen with their eyes more than with their ears. Uh, so if you spend more than three or four minutes uh, without getting the person's feedback, talking to somebody with small ears, their ears click off, and they're already thinking about something else. Okay. And what about, um, bring a couple items we haven't covered as much, chins and cheekbones. So our cheekbones are our signposts, which announce our presence. And there's, there's essentially three major different kinds of cheeks. Well, first of all, you can have wide cheeks, wide faces. Wide faces are energizer bunnies, people that can just keep going and going and going. They go at their own pace. If you're dealing with a thin-faced person, uh, they're the go-to person. If you've got a crisis, a deadline, or emergency, they can hit the ground running. But... They have little or no patience for trying to work with slow people, stupid people, or plotters as a colleague. You know, it's like, go sit down, I'll do it. Um, cheeks that pop out in the front are our movie star cheeks. These people, when they walk into the room, you know, are what we call striking, heads turn. Now, the challenge for women with these movie star cheeks is they often create jealousy. So a lot of times, so a woman with movie star cheeks uh, will have a hard time getting along with other women because it's like they're thinking, oh, she thinks she's so hot. She thinks she's so smart. She thinks she's so sexy. And she wasn't thinking that at all. They were just responding to her cheeks. So my advice in that situation, when you find that kind of difficulty or feedback coming back, share the limelight to go, oh, Sally, that was a brilliant idea. I'm so glad you brought that up. And, uh, wow, I love your earrings. You know, put the attention back on them because it's jealousy over attention. Mm, chins? And chins? Okay. Oh, no, we're fine. You keep talking. So chins are about our assertiveness or aggressiveness, uh, our competitiveness. The person with the biggest chin can usually get the last word. Uh, that's why no one could ever get the last word with Jay Leno. He just out-chins you. There's just more chin going on there. So. <laughs> Very good. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to mentally... seem like I remember something. Feel free to tell me I was wrong on it. Um, space between the top of the lip and the bottom of the nose. Mm -hmm. That little curvy-type area. Do I remember correctly in the book there was something about how that space lined up and the height of it and all that it uh, told something? Yeah, if, if, if you have a really long upper lip, then you've, genetic, you've, you've inherited longevity genes. 
these are people that, uh, you know, if they take moderately good care of themselves, they could probably live into their 90s or, or longer. What you're talking about, though, the two little lines on your frenulum, the two little, the two little ridged lines that uh, run from your nostrils down to your upper lip are what I call libido lines. So if they're close together, these are people that divide the world into male and female, like men are like that, women are like this. If they're wide apart, they're people that have a cranked up libido, somebody that has affection as a form of communication for them. They need physical contact, touch, and affection. Fascinating. All just fascinating stuff. I I would, uh, next time we get to run into each other somewhere, I'd love just to follow along and watch you talk to people. But I think it's a fascinating talent, and I think it's a talent that other people will want to learn more about. And so here's how we do it, folks, because I think he, our guest tonight, Mac Bulfer, has shared a lot of information that would say, boy, if I could do some of this, the things I could understand about all the people I have to live with, work with, and those I want to sell with, and those who sell to me. Our closing for the night tells you our guest on the Thursday, April 12, 2018 version of Small Business Conversations brought to you from Profits Plus Solutions. It's Mac Fulfer, the author of the book, Amazing Face Reading. His website is amazingfacereading.com. His email is mac at amazingfacereading. His phone number is 817-735-9355. And with all that said, Mac... I so greatly appreciate that you would give us an hour to visit tonight and tell us the stuff. I, I want to tell you one absolutely fascinating book, fascinating thing that what Mac can do. But more importantly, as Mac has told me, I'm not the only one. You can do it, too. It's just learning how to read. Is that about how it goes, Mac? Absolutely, Tom. Thank you so much for having me on your program. I really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for being with us. We will see you next month. And as we close each program, of course, we always close it with that favorite sound we have. It has been our pleasure to share fresh ideas and trends from premier small business owners, coaches, and resources. Join Tom Shea and guests next month right here on Smart Business Conversations from Profits Plus Solutions. This is PBN, the Profitable Business Network.